Welcome to the Debbie Big Board, part of the Rookie Big Board Network. I'm your host, Skip Newton. With me is my co-host, Matt Cooper. Today, we are going to be doing a two-round rookie mock draft. This will be Superflex Tight End Premium. And Matt, I know it's the Debbie Big Board, but you know, give us a little bit about why we're talking rookies so much. Well, first of all, every Debbie League is also a Dynasty League. Right. And so that's important. We need to know who these guys are. In fact, almost the entire second round of this mock draft, we highlighted as guys that probably would be available in your depleted drafts because they probably weren't rostered already in your Debbie leagues. So I think there's going to be some valuable content in that regard. But also, you and I just like talking about it. I mean, I, I would say I play Debbie, I enjoy Debbie, but my bread and butter as an analyst is rookie content. And obviously, we've got that pretty well covered on this channel with Matt Hicks. Um, it's the rookie big board after all, right? But um, it's good to get different perspectives. And and I will say that this mock draft is going to look pretty different than it would look if it was Matt Hicks and John Lobb doing it uh, because we've got some different opinions. And I think that's a good thing for you guys to get some different perspective on some of these guys. So I'm really excited to get into it. Yeah, I am too. And I think it's important to note, you know, we're recording this on Tuesday, February 27th. So before really anything comes out of the combine, but it is after the senior bowl. And then we'll, you know, there'll be adjustments made because of the combine. There'll be adjustments made because of pro days. And of course, the the biggest adjustments will be made when the actual NFL draft takes place because landing spot and draft capital really do matter. Of course, folks, it's draft season. That's why you're here. That's why we're here. Get ahead of your league mates with in-depth and consistently updated rookie rankings, supporting Dynasty and Devi rankings, the 2024 Rookie Guide, and access to the RBB Discord, where you can get personalized trade, draft, and roster construction advice. The Rookie Big Board is a proven resource that was way ahead of Everyone else on Justin Jefferson identified Puka Nakua as the best sleeper prospect of 2023 and helped patrons get great fantasy football value on Justin Herbert, CeeDee Lamb, Chris Olave, Sam Laporta, and many more. You can get access to the Rookie Big Board resources for as low as $5 a month or save 15% with an annual subscription. That is cheaper than what it costs to heat my house for one month, even in the warmest winter ever here in the state of Minnesota. <laughs> It's so Boy. goofy up here. I, for those of you who don't live anywhere near here or never been up here, I went running yesterday afternoon at 3.30 in 60-degree weather. It was gorgeous, sunny, perfect. Literally 24 hours later, it's 40 degrees lower, 50-mile-an-hour gust of winds, oh. and we're getting some snow. It's like, it's so weird. Tomorrow, the high is going to be like 20, and then by this weekend, it's going to be back up in the 60s again. It's just the... Strange. It Very has strange. not been that cold once where I live. <laughs> yeah. Not this year, at least. And you know what, Skip? There's a reason that everybody moves down south. Nobody moves back up there. <laughs> I know, right? We've we got all kinds of Yankee transplants down here, and that's exactly right. why. And they're usually older because they're tired of it. It's like you hit that age <laughs> where you're like, you know what? I, I've done the Minnesota winter enough. I, I get it now. I'm I'm almost 49. I get it. Well, come but, on down. We could use another transplant, Skip. <laughs> there you go. All right. Let's just kick this off right away. It's, again, Superflex tight end premium. Who do you got picking first? So at the 101, I, I went chalk. No surprises here. I, I took Kayla Williams from USC. I I think, you know, there there may be some people that don't like his attitude or, or and you know, you could nitpick anybody's game. Obviously, he's not a perfect player, but 
he's ridiculous. Uh, his arm talent is ridiculous. His mobility, his creativity, everything about his game is pretty elite. So, and, and I think the issues about never playing in structure are a little overblown. Like I think you could even go to his worst game of the season uh, which was that Notre Dame game, and see plenty of plays that he made in structure within the rhythm of the offense, sitting in the pocket. So I think that concern is a little bit overblown, and Caleb Williams is my clear 101. Yep, I, I agree there. At 102, maybe a little bit of difference from from people out there, but I'm going Jaden Daniels, uh, quarterback LSU. He's my quarterback, too. I, I think, honestly, he's closer to QB1 than he is to QB3. The the athletic upside, the rushing floor is amazing with this guy. I don't know why there are people that don't like him. I mean, the, the season he had at LSU was incredible. And, and I don't think people are really giving enough credit to just how amazing he was this season. And he's not just doing it with his legs. He's making plays with his arm. It, it, it's just he could be he could be the the perfect fantasy quarterback. And I'm willing to take that chance at 102. And you know, like you mentioned earlier, this is the the first guy on our list of guys that's that's probably available in most Debbie leagues as a is a Debbie depleted rookie. So, and a, he should be the 101 in every single one of those leagues. Yes, don't overthink it. Don't take a freshman. Right, just right. Just draft. <laughs> just hit the hit the draft button on Jaden Daniels for sure. You, yeah, even if you don't need a quarterback, you you figure that out later. We draft for value we do not draft for need and that is something that you will absolutely hear from matt hicks and john lobb and probably everyone else on this podcast uh feed it, it, it's it's universal there so we all agree at least on that yeah so i, I love the Jaden daniels pick i mean i think that season that he had you mentioned it's right up there with joe burrow it's like some arguably the best college football season ever statistically. I mean, it's just unreal what he did this year. Beautiful, beautiful deep ball, just some absolute darts. So yeah, there's room for improvement mechanically and accuracy on some of the short to intermediate stuff, but nothing that can't be cleaned up. He's a better prospect as a passer than Anthony Richardson was last year. And he still has all the rushing upside. He's probably going to be a top five pick in the NFL draft. So I think that's a home run from a fantasy perspective at one Oh three. I uh, got away from the little mini quarterback run there. I took Marvin Harrison Jr. from OSU. And uh, shoot, what else is there to say about Marvin Harrison Jr. at this point? We've been waiting for him for years. He's done nothing but dominate in college. He's just an absolutely filthy route runner for being six foot four, 200 plus pounds. He's a freak athlete, incredibly fast for his size, not just long speed, but twitchiness, change of direction. I mean, he's body control at the catch point, contested catch, monster. He does it all. He's probably going to be a top five real-life NFL draft pick, uh, and he's he's just the safest pick that you can make here at 103. Yes, and because it's so safe, I have absolutely no problem with passing on quarterbacks at this stage. In fact, I feel so strongly about that. I'm taking Malik Neighbors at 104. I, I love his progression. I love the way he just consistently creates separation and gets open. He can make plays after the catch. He can get yards afterwards as well. He can go downfield. He he has completely vaulted up so high that it, it, some people have him number one overall at wide receiver. I'm not ready to go that far, but 
to, to me, it's a, it's a one a is Marvin Harrison jr. One B is Malik neighbors. So I'm taking him here because I feel almost as strongly that there's really no, no chance of bust for neighbors at this point. And I'm willing to pass on a quarterback that may be a bust because the hit rate for quarterbacks is so, so far lower. So, so much less than, than a wide receiver that I I want at at pick one Oh four. I want the guy that I know is I'm going to be able to put into my lineup and just keep him there. Yeah, that's actually the pick that I would have made too. So I I respect that a lot. I, I love Malik neighbors. And I think the reason that a lot of people would, would maybe even, say he's higher than Marvin Harrison Jr. I don't feel that way. Obviously, I just picked Marvin Harrison Jr. But he does kind of fit the modern day NFL a little bit better. Like the NFL has kind of gone away from that six foot four alpha X guy. And Malik Neighbors has almost a 50-50 split between how much he was out wide versus how much he was in the slot. He's got so much versatility. He's great after the catch. So he definitely fits more of that mold of like a Jamar Chase, Garrett Wilson, like these kind of twitchier route running PPR monsters than Marvin Harrison Jr. So I can see why people are so in love with him, and and he's absolutely a beast. Um, for me at 105, I went with Drake May. I think at this point, it I was still tempted, I'm not going to lie, by Brock Bowers and the tight end premium. Uh, because I, I do think Bowers is arguably the best tight end prospect we've ever seen, and the position is so scarce. But ultimately, in a super flex league, I've got to take Drake May. He's probably a top five quarterback. I have some concerns with the mechanics and the decision making and the hero ball. Um, I think he's the least polished as a passer out of these three top guys, um, even though he has some really ridiculous like Josh Allen type arm talent throws on tape. There's, there's just a lot of bad in between those. Um, the rushing upside, which is underrated, I think is kind of his saving grace. So, I mean, I think similar arguments that got made about Jaden Daniels, Anthony Richardson in terms of, okay, if he's a high pick and he's got the rushing upside, then even if he's not a good real life quarterback, he's going to be great for fantasy. I think you could actually say the same thing about Drake may, um, so that gets overlooked. I don't know if that's because <laughs> he's white or what, but he is a really good rusher as well. So I took I took Drake May at 105. Yeah, I, I'm lower than consensus on May, so I I have no problem, you know, like I said, passing on him up to this point. This made Brock Bowers the slam dunk at 106. He, honestly, even in a non-tight end premium league, I, I still think I'm taking Bowers here. There is a still a positional advantage in a non-premium league to, to having a great tight end. I mean, it it makes a difference. And like you said, Bowers is the best tight end prospect we've had maybe ever. I mean, he's he's so he's athletic so and so good that it's one of those, it's one of those situations again. Don't don't overthink it. Just grab him. You know, if you're sitting, in my opinion, if you're sitting in the top six. You're you're in a great spot. I mean, you you can't go wrong letting whoever fall falls to you. And and it's it that's the tier for me of just the elite prospects. So yeah, Bowers slam dunk for me. I, I really don't need to say any more about him. Yeah, so at 107, I took Romo Dunze. And um this pick for me. I got to say, just purely watching the tape, I would have him in a tier with 
some of the wide receivers that we're going to take in the rest of this round, not in a tier with neighbors and Harrison jr. Um, but that being said, there's gotta be a level of humility here where it's like, okay, the bust rate on guys picked in the top five of the NFL draft, top 10 of the NFL draft is very, very, very low at the wide receiver position. You got all these guys that do this professionally NFL teams care what they have to say, you know, like a Lance Zierlein, David Jeremiah, Brugler, all these guys basically are are putting Romo Dunze right up there with neighbors and Harrison Jr. I don't see that, but it's like at some point I, I can't just I can't overthink it and think that I know more than I know. And it's just like he's not a bad player. I don't see any red flags like a Quentin Johnston where I'm where I'm like, okay, here's all X, Y, and Z reason why I think he's going to bust. He just, I don't see him doing a lot of things at a really elite level. And so I know James Odunze is going to like find this and leave nasty comments or whatever, but <laughs> that's just how I feel. I, I'm not overly enthused, excited to take him at 107, but I do think he's the right pick to make here. Yeah, I, I like it. And I will I will add, I heard a podcast by Brandon Lejeune where he did an interview of Roma Dunze. And it was, yeah. I mean, it was a lengthy interview. And I well, left that liking him even more. Not not Brandon. Well, I, I mean, I like Brandon, but but <laughs> Odunze, it, it, he came across as very likable, humble, mm-hmm. but yet confident. I mean, it just, I was like, okay, this kid just, feels like he gets it and that matters like intangibles do matter and he just seemed like man he had the the right head on his shoulder he's he's got it figured out so i i think that puts him in a good possession a position to be successful moving forward absolutely yeah and and oh go ahead wide receiver three in a loaded wide receiver class is not disrespectful the only person that thinks it is is kratos the fourth all right so (laughs) we're not disrespecting romo dunze here he's a great player uh, but anyway, I digress. Go ahead, Skip. Who you got at 108? At 108, I'm going with J.J. McCarthy, quarterback, Michigan. All of the signs are pointing to this guy being at worst in the top 12 of the NFL draft. That makes him, in my opinion, at this point, pretty much a slam dunk, depending I mean, depending on which specific team. But in a super flex, I, I really like it. The more I'm hearing about him, you know, obviously our, our podcast last week, I thought Matt Hicks was high on, on McCarthy until we talked to Thor Nystrom last week. <laughs> right. So, you know, but, but you're hearing more and more of the steam from people that that understand quarterbacks about, you know, how good he he really is. And I, I'm buying into it. I'll be honest. And and if he ends up on my Vikings, then I'm really going to get excited because I like I've said before, I think I think Minnesota is a great landing spot for a rookie quarterback, even if they do bring back Cousins, which I think they should for a couple of years, but. But man, McCarthy, I know people look at the stats and they're saying, well, he didn't have to do much. He he did, like like Thor pointed out last week, he did when it mattered early in games. The second half of games, when they're up, you know, 21 plus points, well, no coach is going to be throwing the ball constantly then. They're they're going to be running it out because they they have a great defense and a great running game. So just go win the game. And they and they did. So obviously it worked. So I yeah. I am fine with with him here. And I mm-hmm. I think if there's any chance of somebody moving up from at least from these top eight, he might have the greatest chance depending on what changes between now and, you know, day one of the NFL draft. 
Oh, for sure. I mean, a month ago, the idea of him being a top 10 pick in the NFL draft would have been completely laughable to me. But the steam and the hype train just keeps building and building and building. And now that almost seems like a lock. And if that happens, I don't think he's going to be available at 108 in your rookie drafts. So, um, yeah, good call out there. At 109, this is where consensus really goes out the window. And it's like, get your guy because there isn't much consensus. And for me, my guy is Xavier Worthy. From the moment that I studied his film, I have been in love with his game. And I mean, we've said, we've talked about him as a Debbie guy. This was before we really had access to the All 22 and we're just kind of watching games live. We've said, oh, I don't know. Like he's got the drops issue. Is he just a speed guy? But when I really dug into the All-22, his route running is just phenomenal. He is so twitchy. He's more physical than he's given credit for. He can dominate against press. If you give him a cushion, he's going to burn you. He's he's very manipulative at the stem of his route. He's got great footwork, great release package. He's incredible after the catch. There's just so much that I like about him, and he's got the elite speed speed to boot. I feel like he is like a cross between like the juice of Jamison Williams and the route running of Deontay Johnson. That's how I feel about Xavier worthy. And unironically, nice. both, both of those guys have drops issues. <laughs> uh, and, and so does Xavier worthy, but it should be noted that he cleaned it up. He actually had less drops than Troy Franklin this year. Um, his real bad season with the drops was last season and re reports have come out that he was playing with a broken hand for most of the year. So that is worth noting on the drops issue. But I, I love Xavier Worthy. He's my wide receiver four, and I'm taking him at 109. Who you got at 110, Skip? I, I'm going with Troy Franklin, the guy you just mentioned. The the size-speed combination is is something that intrigues me with him. He's been highly rated you know, since since day one of his college career. Maybe, the be, maybe one of the best arguments I can make is he made Bo Nix look good, and that's not easy. Um, I just I, – I do – I do have some concerns that maybe that he's not that polished route runner that we like to see, but he does, he does adjust to the ball very well. He can win it and go high and get it. So I, I like those, those aspects of his game. And I think, I think he's got enough ability as again, a bigger wide receiver with, with some speed for sure. I mean, standing in at six, three, that, that Troy Franklin is a guy that, you know, if I'm picking in these last four, you know, four picks of the first round, I can see, I can see myself getting it, at least a, a couple shares of him because I, I like where he's falling and I, I like your pick as well, Xavier Worthy. Yeah. And I actually think Troy Franklin is a good route runner. Uh, he's very good. Uh, he, where he struggles is some of the more physical aspects. I mean, he's rail thin and just didn't seem to do well um, when he was, I mean, he's got a filthy release package, so he was able to beat press coverage. It was really, especially at the catch point uh, with contested catches, that I didn't see as much physicality as I wanted to. But I love Troy Franklin. That would have been my pick as well if I was uh, at 110. At 111, I'm going to go with Lad McConkey from Georgia. And that is probably higher than consensus. I don't think I usually see him going in the first round of mock drafts, but Man, I just love his game. I think he's going to be a top 40 pick in the NFL draft. We heard Thor just wax eloquent about how much <laughs> he was dominating at the Senior Bowl and nobody could guard him. That's evident all over his college tape as well. At Georgia, nobody could guard this guy. He was filthy, filthy route runner. 
the only concern is a little bit of struggle with physicality getting off of press coverage. Like he he could kind of get bullied a little bit. He's one of the smaller guys in a, in a class full of like six foot two and up guys. He's listed at six foot and I think one eighty five. So we'll see um, how that comes in officially at the combine this week. But he he had good ball skills. He was way better than I expected after the catch. He's not just a white slot guy. He he actually ran over seventy five percent of his routes on the outside. He had an average depth of target like twelve yards. 13 yards down the field. So he's a very different player than a lot of people stereotype him as and much more athletic than a lot of people stereotype him as. And I love Lad McConkey. So that's my pick. Who you got at 112? Yeah, I was to say, I have no problem with this pick and, and people need to pay attention to guys like, like McConkey that stood out at the senior bowl. And yeah, he, he talk about a guy that just gets open I'm going to go with Brian Thomas jr. Another wide receiver from LSU. I, sh- I should, uh, I should mention as well, you know, both McConkey and, and Brian Thomas Jr. probably available in Debbie depleted leagues. So these are going to be high picks, um, you know, coming at you. Thomas Jr. is is getting overshadowed by neighbors. And mm-hmm. I think people people tend to forget about him until you go like to the LSU tape and you're watching you know, Jaden Daniels, and all of a sudden you're seeing all these highlights of Brian Thomas Jr. on their side. I mean, the, the guy can get deep. He can go across the middle. I I think he's he's underrated. I think he'll could end up being a steal at at one twelve. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a first round pick in the NFL draft. So mm-hmm. I, I I I like where he's headed. And again, it's another like you said, a, a class that's chock full of these guys that are you know over six feet tall. I mean, he's another one. You know, six three, six four. So Brian Thomas yep. Jr. I feel good and about about taking him here. It's probably worth noting too that mo in most mocks I've done, he would go above Worthy, above McConkey, in some cases above Franklin. So we picked him at one twelve here. That may not be realistically where you can get him in a draft, but I I just don't personally think he's as polished as some of these other guys that we've taken. But the upside is tremendous. The move, movement skills at six foot four are are pretty ridiculous. So I, I love the pick there, Skip. All right, we will discuss round two in just a minute, but first I want to make sure you know that the Rookie Big Board is now partnered with Underdog Fantasy Football. This is the best app for fantasy contests. They are running daily contests for the NBA, NHL, and more. You can join the RBB crew on Underdog by using the promo code RBB. It will get you a 100% match on your first deposit and help us grow. All right, second round is going to be a lot of guys that are available in Debbie depleted leagues. Who do you got at 201? Yeah, so I am actually taking one of those guys that should be available in most Debbie depleted leagues, and that's Jonathan Brooks from Texas. And the reason that he is available is because he really didn't do anything until this year. Um, he kind of st- he was buried behind Roshan and Bijan at Texas, and he stormed onto the scene, especially with um, Baxter getting a little nicked up towards the beginning of the year. Jonathan Brooks took the bell cow role, and he never gave it back until he tore his ACL. So that's obviously the thing hanging over Jonathan Brooks' head is that it was a late-season ACL. He's not recovered. He won't be participating in the combine. Um, Don't know if he'll be ready for training camp. So um, we'll see how that affects his draft stock. But, man, I love everything about what I saw on film from him. He is way shiftier than I would expect from a guy who's – I think he's listed at about 6'205", so decent size. 
Um, but very, very shifty, especially on the second level made, made people miss often, um, played with consistently great pad level, broke a lot of tackles, forced a lot of missed tackles. He was really proficient as a receiver, had very good acceleration. So I think he's the closest thing to like a three down bell cow back that we have in this class. And, um, it's a really tough call for me between him and my RB2, uh, who we'll talk about here in a little bit. But if Brooks didn't have the ACL, he he would clearly be my RB1 in the class. I love Jonathan Brooks. I like it. I'm, I'm going running back as well, and I'm going Jalen Wright from Tennessee. This guy is is moving up my my rankings fairly quickly. Uh, I'll admit it, it helped to hear Thor talk about him last week, but then I started doing my own research this week and man, do I like what I see? He's got exceptional contact balance and he can make guys miss. He's got a nice burst of acceleration, good speed. I, I like his vision. He He's a solid pass catcher. I mean, just he, he feels like a guy that he will continue to, to rise in stock from an NFL perspective and, would not surprise me at all if he's one of the first running backs taken in the NFL draft. For me, <laughs> he's actually falling down my board pretty rapidly, and that's because I actually dove in and studied the All-22 this week for my other podcast. And I, I wanted to like him. I expected to like him. I've seen the hype all over Twitter. And then I got into studying the film, and I was like, okay, he's fast. He's got great acceleration. What else? Uh, I, I did not like his vision. Um, I did not think he was very elusive. Did not see him catch hardly any passes at all. Um, so he's, I think, my RB10 right now. And I, I wouldn't have drafted him, I don't think, at all in the second round. So um, we're, we're pretty divergent on that one. We've got our first major disagreement, but I, I was not That's impressed. all right. That's all right. I was not impressed with my Jalen Wright film study. All right, so write that one down. We'll see how this plays out. Always good to keep a tally. Who do you got next? Uh, I went with the tight end two, uh, Jatavian Sanders from Texas. I, I think, you know, in a tight end premium format, I was really tempted to take another running back here. Um, but I just I felt like, man, I don't think if he gets the draft capital that he's projected to get, with his athleticism and his receiving upside in a tight end premium league, I don't think Jatavian Sanders is actually going to be available at 203 very often in rookie drafts. So I went ahead and scooped him up here. And I felt like that was a good upside pick. Yeah, if if he gets a good landing spot with the draft capital, then I agree with you completely. I think he's going to move way up. I think we've been in love with him for so long, but he hasn't had like an a you know, a massive season in college. So people kind of lost that luster, but people forget just how athletic he is and get him in the right system. You know, we're a team that's going to throw the tight end the ball and, and he's a guy to love. Speaking of throwing a guy a ball, I'm taking Blake Corm running back Michigan at 204. I, I think this guy is, is going to be one of those running backs that gets a lot of, a lot of opportunities out of the backfield. You know, again, depending on the offense at, at this point, you know, it's, it's get your guy. I don't think he's going to be this, you know, absolute stud, you know, top tier running back in the NFL, you know, from a fantasy perspective, but I think he's going to be a guy that that you can put into your lineup and your flex and and you'll you'll like the results cuz 
again, he's he's just a solid, good football player, and I think they'll find ways to to get him enough touches to make him fantasy relevant. Yeah, I love Blake Corum. Uh, speaking of throwing in footballs, I wish that Michigan would have done that every now and then because he has, you know, as a smaller guy, you would expect that he would be more of a third down back, but he really wasn't used that way at all. And college is one of the bigger question marks that I have about him. So I'm going to be paying close attention at the combine this week to just see how he looks in those drills. Is he Does he look natural catching it with his hands? Can he run routes, uh, look natural doing that? So, um, yeah, but Blake Corum, he's, he's a great runner, just – fantastic vision, really powerful cutter. Uh, I, I love that Blake, Blake Corum pick, but I am going to go at the 205 with Bucky Irving from Oregon. And some people might be like shocked by this because most of the time I've done mock route, mock drafts, I've actually been able to get him in like the third round. Um, but he's the guy that I was debating with between him and Brooks at the 201. I love Bucky Irving. I mean, if you look at any metric, whether it be um, yards after contact, force missed tackles, yards per route run, like he is elite in, in every area. He's an early declare. I mean, he produced as a true freshman, early breakout, like over a thousand yards in back-to-back seasons. He had 56 receptions this year. Like that's a ton of receptions. He's got by far the best receiving profile of anyone in the class. And he is so fun to watch, man. He, I mean, he is, he plays with a little bit of nasty, even though he's a little guy, like he finishes every run with a pop. He wants the smoke. He is taking on contact, knocking guys backward, delivering punishment. He's so elusive. I just love watching Bucky Irving play football. The only knock on him is his size. And, Honestly, like we've seen so many smaller guys succeed the last few years that I'm not as worried about as I used to be. So, yeah, Bucky Irving, I love him. I'm bullish on him. I'm way above consensus. I'm going to try to leave every rookie draft with Bucky Irving if I can, and I'm just praying for good draft capital at this point. Yeah, I I have no problem with that in any way, shape, or form. All right, at 206, I'm going to go back to wide receiver, and for some reason – I took yet another player from, from Michigan, Roman Wilson. Uh, I don't know why I've taken three players from Michigan as a, as a gopher that feels a little <laughs> gross, but you know, they won the national championship. Roman Wilson's that other guy that stood out at the senior bowl. And he's a guy that I think will probably be drafted higher than what people would expect. And that's because as we all know, Michigan didn't have to throw the ball a lot. And so his statistics aren't going to look you know, all that sexy to, to those of us looking at box score saying, Oh man, he only put up this many yards and that many yards, blah, blah, blah. And we, we don't want to make that mistake. I mean, you, you could make that same comment about lad McConkey. I mean, he didn't put up sexy stats either, but look at the offense. I mean, that there's a reason for that. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean that the player doesn't have the traits that, that can translate to the NFL. And I think Roman Wilson's going to prove that he's going to be a tough guy to, to cover and he's going to create separation and he can make plays. And I think he's he's more of a, a fit for the NFL than, you know, if you'd have had this this same conversation a year ago. Now, now that I'm really starting to look at him like, OK, I, I see it now. He, he does. He does fit a lot of the traits that I like. So I, I have no problem going early on, on Roman Wilson and taking him here in the middle of the second. 
Yeah, and he's another guy that is going to be available in your depleted Debbie drafts. He's probably not rostered in very many Debbie leagues. So here in the second round, we've had six picks. Four of them have been guys that are probably not uh, rostered in your Debbie leagues. And I'm going to take another one here at 207, and that's a guy that probably a lot of people are screaming, why have you not taken him yet? And that's Keon Coleman, wide receiver from Florida State. In fact, I think Matt Hicks is probably one of those people that's screaming, why have you not taken him yet? Uh for me, I don't hate this guy at all. I think, you know, there are concerns that I have about his route running and his separation ability. I think he's really, really raw in that department, but he's physically very, very gifted, and he has an elite trait to hang his hat on, which is the ball skills. He can go up, box people out, make these high point. I mean, his hands are sticky like glue. I love Keon Coleman's ball skills. He's projected to get pretty good draft capital. Uh, so. I, yeah, I don't hate him at all. I, I think you could definitely make an argument for taking him above some of these guys that we've already taken. Um, but I do think that there's there's a pretty big risk profile there too. I mean, he's a swing for the fences with, with a pretty big bust potential for me, which is why I waited this long on taking him. Uh, but I like Keon Coleman. I think the price got out of hand a little bit, but I like him, and I'm going to take him here at 207. Yeah, the, the bus potential is going to scare me off, I'm guessing, in, in all my rookie drafts on Keon Coleman. I'm going to go back to running back, but I'm going to stick with Florida State, uh, Trey Benson. And I'm, I'll admit, I'm not like super high on Benson, but I think he has enough quickness and burst at his size that, that I'm okay with, with his potential in the NFL. I, again, I don't think he's going to be, you know, I, I, again, I, you know, a tier one you know, running back, but I think, I think he can be a solid two down back for a team and he can, you know, he can take the punishment with, with his size and he, and he's got good enough vision and can make, make enough moves to, to, to get yards. And again, has a, is a quick enough burst to exploit holes. He, you know, he's not going to, not going to win a, a 50 yard dash against some of the fastest guys. And that's okay. I, I care less about long speed at running back than I do about the other traits that I find important. So I have no problem, you know, going for Trey Benson here, assuming that he gets that, that draft capital that, you know, makes him a, a reasonable, a reasonable guy to, to get some time in, in his rookie year. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, taking three uh, Michigan players. I believe I am on my fourth Texas player right now. I'm about to take Adonai Mitchell from Texas and I've already taken, I took JT Sanders. I took Jonathan Brooks and I took Xavier worthy. So um, I got all of the weapons that Quinn Ewers uh, held back, but <laughs> Adonai Mitchell is my pick here at the two Oh nine. And he's a boom bust guy as well. I mean, this is back to back upside swings for me. I think there are some significant concerns that I have about Adonai Mitchell's game, but also some things that I really, really love. He also has just elite ball skills. Go up and get it. Six foot four, go-go gadget arms, sticky hands. Um, I, I saw some flashes of some really nice route running. He was very shifty, particularly when he was given a cushion and he had space at the stem of his route. He was very manipulative. I, for a bigger guy, my one big concern, I was surprised that he struggled as much as he did against press coverage. Whenever the guys would press him and get physical with him, he just could not get them off of his hip. Um, but overall, I think here at 209, it's, it's a fine dart to throw. So I'm going to take Adonai Mitchell and throw it back to you at 210, Skip. 
Yeah, I, I have concerns about Mitchell, so I'm gonna have to do more analysis on him. And this next pick of mine is is gonna fill a couple of needs. The first is to make sure that Matt Hicks does his, doesn't drive his car off the road. Yes, I'm taking Braylon Allen from Wisconsin. I'm sure people are like, "What in the world?" I I've just never been as high on Braylon Allen as everyone else, and Still I people me. that love him. I, I don't see it. I, I see a I see a big guy, and yes, I know he was playing his freshman year, and he was only seventeen, so he's young. But I I think I think at this point, you know, you're <clears throat> end of the second round, you you're in dart throwing territory, and you know, obviously, draft capital landing spot is is going to change significantly. But but I I think I think he's been overrated from the start, and so we'll see. I just I, I I'm concerned, and I I I know you have something to say on them. So I'm going to let you take over for, for this part. Yeah. And I hope you picked him before Matt Hicks head exploded because it would be great if we still had him around, but um, I wouldn't have even picked him in the second round at all. I, I don't see a single trait that gets me excited. Um, everybody that talks about him talks about his size, which I think he's actually too big. Uh, they talk about his early production, which I don't think really matters all that much. And they talk about uh, his age, which I also don't think really matters all that much. So I, I didn't see a single trait to, to write home about. Even his power at, at 245 pounds almost. He's got a few big highlights in there where he just bowls over smaller guys, but he ran with horrible pad level. He had horrible contact balance. I felt like consistently... Like somebody could put a little tap on his ankle and he just timber, he's falling over like no balance. <laughs> and, you know, he just went down too easy for somebody that's that big and that slow. You got to have something to hang your head on. Where's the elite power? His pass protection was abysmal at that size. You should be able to stonewall guys. He wasn't doing it. Uh, his vision, I guess, seemed fine, but then he would see it and not have the juice to get there before the hole closed most of the time because he's so dang slow. No elusiveness whatsoever. I think he's going to go day three. I think he's going to be washed out of the league within a few years, Isaiah Spiller style. So I apologize, Matt Hicks. Please don't fire me. Now you got a little bit of a different take to counterbalance. Uh, Hicks, I know Hicks and Law love him. I just don't see it. So, all right. Your next one, your last pick. Oh, I'm on the clock. That was all I, about your pick. Yeah, I, I'm very interested in this guy because I'll admit I know very little <laughs> about him. So I, I love uh, this. This was, this was another senior bowl standout and also another guy that's probably available in your Debbie depleted draft. Uh, and that is Florida wide receiver Ricky Pearsall. Um, I haven't dove all the way in yet, but I, I was cutting a couple films for him for the Dynasty Nerds the other day. And you just kind of naturally scout as you're as you're doing the video editing. I saw some really nice flashes of route running, some really nice flashes of going up and getting it in traffic, holding on through contact. Um, I think he's a tough player. I saw some good yards after the catch. Um, and by all reports, he kind of dominated the senior ball. So I'm pretty intrigued here and excited to study him even more. And I figured at 211, I, I don't feel like overly in love with anybody on the board at this point. Uh, but there are a lot of guys that I like, just not a lot of guys that I love. But I, I felt felt like this was an appropriate time to take a pick on Ricky Pearsall from Florida. Nice. All right. Last pick. Uh, another running back for me, Will Shipley, a running back Clemson. And I will just say, 
I think the second round having quite a few running backs is going to be very representative of what you see in your real rookie drafts. I, I think this is how it's going to go. It's going to be very quarterback and wide receiver heavy, obviously with, with Bowers in the first round, but then everyone's going to start taking shots. And and I, I don't mind Will Shipley at the end of the second round. I mean, he was a highly rated recruit. He was stuck in an offense that really struggled. And I don't think that was a lot on him. I think there was just other factors going on at Clemson, but he, he had some, some good, some good things on film. He put up some good stats I think he can be an all-around running back. You know, he's not just a third-down guy. He's not just a, a, a first or second-down guy. I think he can fit whatever mold a team needs. Probably a, a split backfield situation with, with Shipley. I don't mm-hmm. think he's a you know a, a bell cow, but most guys aren't these days. You just don't see True. that very much in the in the NFL. So again, I've I've no problem with Will Shipley here at the end of the second round. And I do think that third-down skill set is his best trait. And, you know, if that's the role that he gets at the NFL level, that plays for fantasy. Um, I do think at this point I'm a little worried he's a day three pick or maybe even undrafted. I, I don't I don't know. I haven't been hearing much hype on him at all. But one thing he definitely can do, he can catch passes. He can run routes for a running back. So got to love that. Well, he, he goes undrafted. I'm not taking him at the end of the second round. I can tell you that. Just, <laughs> that, right. that would make him go way down the board. But. All right, everyone, this got a little long, so sorry about that. But thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you have not already, do us a favor and leave a five-star review on whichever podcast app you are using. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss any of the RBB action. We hope to chat with you in the Discord. Have an awesome week and weekend. Enjoy the Combine, and we will talk to you next week. Take care, everyone.